This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. AMD and Chelsea launch into new year. And poker playing AI gets a rematch. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, joined again by Michael Feldman, editor at Top500.org. Happy New Year, Michael. Happy New Year to you, Addison. We're kicking off 2017 here. Our podcast took a couple of weeks off during the holidays. It was a little slower news going around. But uh, now that uh, 2017 is kicking off, we've got a a couple of product uh, announcements that have started the new year. And then we've got a really interesting story to touch base back in on our poker playing supercomputer from earlier last year. But let's do the, the product news first, Michael. AMD launched a new GPU architecture called Vega. Yeah, they've been talking about Vega for a while, and actually they've, they've announced some products on it uh, previously, but they didn't really talk about the architecture per se up until now. And I think this was done in context of the, uh, the latest CES uh, conference that took place earlier this month. But they uh, put out a release. They talked about sort of the internals of some of what the GPU is going to be like. And this is their, their new GPU architecture that's supposed to bring itself up to, up to par with the latest from NVIDIA and maybe even surpass them in some ways. This is a, sort of a game of leapfrog that NVIDIA and AMD have done on occasion where they, they catch up to each other and then they exceed each other with various versions of uh, architectures they put out. Right now, Vega's got the newest architecture. Uh, Pascal was released uh, by NVIDIA uh, last uh, late last year, and now uh, now they've got Vega, and it's uh, it's an impressive uh, it's an impressive architecture from uh, all aspects. It seems like the the real differentiator here is they've gone to the the new generation of of high bandwidth memory HBMs. They're moving it to HBM two, right? Yeah. Now they've had some of this on their previous generation. Some of their products had HBM two. Uh, they're, they're, I think their latest Fire Pros, their high-end uh, HPC GPUs. But now it's going to be a little more generalized. But I think still for the time being, it's going to be on the higher-end GPUs, but maybe even leak over into some of the consumer size. So this is the uh, high-bandwidth memory uh, modules that get stuck on an interposer that's connected to the GPUs, and it, it uh, increases the data bandwidth to memory you know, uh, just quite a bit. I mean, AMD uh, is not the only one doing this. NVIDIA's done this with its Pascal generation on its high-end GPUs as well. Um, and then we see some of the same technology uh, on the, on the uh, Intel side, not using HBM2, but the uh, hybrid memory cube uh, on uh, things like the Xeon Phi. So this is something that's going to be generalized more and more in GPUs, and they're coming out. It's going to be more of a standard on the Vega. Um, and I think uh, Vega is also going to use a even on the consumer side, it's going to use a faster GD, GDDR technology as well. So faster memory on Vega overall. Yeah, and you know this is an architecture, as you were saying, so it applies to multiple product lines. Uh, we already saw and talked about the new Radeon Instinct line, which is going to be the, right. the initial ones there based on Vega. That's targeting more the the machine learning and hyperscale space. That follows suit with what we've seen with a couple of other chips that are you see the hyperscale variety first coming out. Uh, you know, bigger potential target market compared to traditional HPC, and also maybe just faster to get that that version of the chip out. We haven't seen yet, as you point out in your article on Top500.org. 
haven't seen yet what the uh, Vega Architecture Fire Pro for the traditional HPC audience is going to look like. Right. They haven't uh, previewed that yet, but you can assume it's going to be obviously the the higher end or probably the highest end chips in, in flops and Certainly, it'll have uh, a good contingent of memory, and, and almost assuredly, it'll have the HBM2 memory as well. The other thing we should mention there is, is the new Vega architectures could be able to process data in, in different uh, formats as far as uh, floating point formats. So 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit, and 64-bit, and that alludes to uh, the widening aperture of applications, especially with regard to machine learning. It's going to be able to get the lower precision uh, floating point to optimize uh, that application set as well. Meanwhile, we've got another product announcement from Chelsea. This is a company we haven't talked about as much, and I was glad to get briefed on their new T6 unified wire line of protocol offload adapters. Now, this adapter space is kind of a, a complicated space right now, and, and I was glad to come back around and, and talk about Chelsea. What you're looking at here is a, a company that's been under a, a lot of pressure because as Intel incorporates more of this technology on chip, uh, if you're in the adapter space, uh, like Chelsea is, you've, you've got to do a lot of work to try to differentiate your, your product. And, and uh, Chelsea is doing that with the, this T6 uh, unified wireline. It's their newest generation. This goes up to 100 gigabit, but it's a converged uh, fabric that takes all these speeds from 10 up to 100 gigabit. And the more important thing to me is that uh, it's it's converged from a well they they make a point that it's converged from a a software and firmware stack so it's a single firmware single software and they're keeping that consistent out to 400 gigabit in the future but also that it it incorporates all these different protocols so if you're looking at uh, RDMA if you're looking at GPU direct if you're looking at iWarp all of these things are are built into these Chelsea unified wire adapters. Yeah, and the other thing to remember with Chelsea is it's also going up against uh, Mellanox here. Mellanox, of course, built Ethernet products and builds uh, Ethernet uh, adapters as well. And one of the things, you know, you mentioned iWarp there, that's that's a little bit different from what uh, Mellanox does. It's always favored the uh, RDMA over converged Ethernet. That's a different protocol that does some of the same things as iWarp, but they've they've gone that way. So there's a little competition there. It's, it's uh, Chelsea has sort of got a tough road here. Not only are they competing against Intel, but also against, like I said, Mellanox. And Mellanox has already come out with 200, or at least announced this 200 gigabit version, the HDAR InfiniBand, but as well as uh, it's going to be 200 gigabit Ethernet uh, eventually as well. And they're going to probably beat uh, anybody to the market with that. So Chelsea has sort of got competition on both sides, and it's it's sort of a tough road, but they've done this differentiation with different protocols. So they might be able to find certain application sets and certain customer bases that uh, match better with what they've, they've done in their Ethernet adapter. Yeah, it's one of these companies where you start looking at what markets they're in. And, and it's funny, they'll say, well, we, we do manufacturing and finance and oil and gas, and we do HPC. And I'm like, okay, you just listed a bunch of HPC segments also. They're, they're all HPC segments. You've got this performance differentiated play. I think the open protocol stuff uh, and the single firmware, single software model is compelling for their, their end users. So, you know, the, the space continues to, 
diversify and everybody's uh you know battling it out to uh you know to protect their own corner of the space and try to steal share from others so it was nice to get an update from chelsea now let's get to the really fun story michael may may of last year a year and a half ago we reported on this week in hpc and you wrote up in top500.org that carnegie mellon had a supercomputer that they were teaching uh, ai in order to play poker head-to-head against four professionals. After taking a lead, eventually the supercomputer fell behind and lost overall, and now they've come back with some upgrades, and they're going for a rematch. Yeah, and the rematch is not just because the the guys at Carnegie Mellon wanted a rematch. They determined that actually the first... uh, the first context wasn't definitive as far as who won. I mean, there is there is luck involved in the on the card uh, on the cards, and they played basically eighty thousand hands. And even though the computer lost to three of the four professional players, they determined it, it wasn't a, a big enough sample to to say who really won. So this time around, they're actually going to up it to one hundred twenty thousand hands and do this. Over the next 20 days, and they've started this, and we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about how they're doing so far, but they've, they've upgraded quite a bit on the software side. The humans don't get an upgrade. They're, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they get to learn from what happened, but uh, on, the, uh, on the AI side, they've got a new supercomputer that they're using, which is the Bridges supercomputer at uh, Pittsburgh Supercomputing Center, which was recently installed and actually recently upgraded as well. Uh, which is a much more powerful computer than than was used to train the the former AI platform, and they've also basically developed this new poker playing platform um, called Libratus, and it's uh, it so supposedly um, short circuits some of the shortcomings of the previous AI platform, and uh, they they studied a lot of it and they. They've basically redone some of the modeling, and then they've used uh, like something like 15 million core hours on the on bridges to to train the thing, and they're actually training it right up until the the uh, tournament started. And, and actually, during the tournament, they're still using bridges to uh, to do some of the strategizing. Yeah, it's it's a cool tournament, and uh, you know, in the last year and a half since May, I, I hope I said it right before, since May 2015, when we first right. reported on it, uh, you know, it, it's really uh, advanced quite a bit. There's been some upgrades to uh, the Bridges supercomputer at, at Carnegie Mellon as well. We reported on that in, in this podcast uh, uh, last April 2016, so a, a year after the poker tournament, and and now they're going back and playing again. The fun thing is, you can actually follow along online with the format of how they're doing it. The four humans are playing independent head-to-head matches against the Libratus software. So you see independent scores for each of them. Currently, three of the four humans are down early on, and one of the, the four is is up early on. But they're only uh, about 8,800 hands into uh, 120,000 total. And you can watch live streams of all of these at Rivers Casino slash Pittsburgh and then click on Brains versus AI or RiversCasino.com slash Pittsburgh slash Brains versus AI, and you can see the the live streams of all of them. Now, it's still not quite exactly like a poker tournament. First of all, you're playing exclusively heads up, one on one. There's not you know ten people sitting there playing against each other. That would be a different dynamic. And then, furthermore, in as much as it's a 
a no limit hold'em kind of game like you you might see on television. This the the starting stacks are reset at the beginning of every hand, so it's not like you bust out and you're gone. Uh, both players are given. $20,000 in chips to start every hand and then whatever happens happens and then you get your new 20,000 to to start the next hand. So there's you're you're eliminating any sense of playing with a lead or playing from behind, which again really changed the dynamics in how you play poker. Uh you know, it's in a sense it'd be like a, a chess playing computer only doing openings or something like that. Right. I mean, it's it's interesting to watch that. And it's also interesting from the point of view of, uh, you know, it's still early in the uh, in the tournament, obviously. But the the fact that the the uh, AI is up basically on three of the players, uh, we have to remember the last time when they played the 80,000 hands on the previous platform, the platform lost to three of the of those four players. But it started out ahead and then the humans figured out the computer's patterns and came back. Well, some of the patterns were obvious, but I think from what the uh, the lead software engineer said that it, it had, the computer actually started out the the very first day had a really bad day. Now that could have been luck or, or non luck, depending upon the cards. But uh, as as like you said, as it played through, the the humans got better and better at, it. and that might happen this time around. Although uh, from reading the uh, the press announcement on Carnegie Mellon, the the software engineers took quite a bit of effort in in uh, overcoming some of the the stranger behavior of the previous platform i got to believe right now the Labratus has a got to have a bit of an edge here now the obviously there's a little uh, experience that's been accumulated on the um on the human side as well two of the four that played last time are in this this time as well so they they might be able to have some strategies that uh play to some of the weak spots of uh, of of an ai uh, platform, but um, there's there's been so much uh, progress over the last year and a half, and certainly with the new hardware and the development of this new software platform, I, I got to believe that the uh, that the AI maybe has a bit of an edge this time around. But we'll see. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll keep following it. Now, this will be going on for the next two weeks, but keep tuning back into This Week in HPC. Maybe we'll give a little score update and let our listeners know how the (laughs) poker tournament's going. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. All right, it's a good way to kick off the new year, Michael, and uh, thanks to you for listening in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.